I was big into boat metaphors back in 2004. Nice. That's a real thing. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene. Past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have a very special guest that I'm very sad to say is going to be traveling and uh, leaving us, but I wanted this episode to be special and um, that we can talk about uh, the contributions that they've made to the Champaign-Urbana music scene, but also... I really, really love this song, so I want to talk about it. So, I guess without further ado, my guest, Isaac Arms. Hi, Sven. Hey, thanks for coming out. I really appreciate it. Um, So, today, we're going to be talking about your song, Fireflies, off the album Silver Cities. And this is from your band, Withershins. And I want to mention... A few bands that you've been in, just just for our listeners, for reference. Um, oh, and actually, do you, um, are some of the, like, as far back as we go, is, are some of these on, like, Bandcamp or anything where people can find it, or? Yeah, a couple. I think uh, Blanket Arms made its way onto mm-hmm. Bandcamp. Spooky Ghosts, also. I don't know about Harold Loves Mod. Bike Weather, definitely not. Okay. And, and is it the spooky ghost or spooky ghost? Because I'm, I'm not sure if we ever made the decision. The, it was very in my idiom, probably, to just call it spooky ghosts. But I think the spooky ghost is likely what it officially was. All right, if it was officially anything. Excellent. So you might have heard Isaac Arms in the following bands: uh, Glint, Harold Loves Maud, Bike Weather, Blanket Arms, The Spooky Ghosts. Withershins, which we're going to listen to today, Evil Tents, The Struggle, Thunder Truck, Cloud Manor, Winder, and Spandrels. So, I guess without further ado, let's listen to Fireflies and then we'll just talk about it. All right.
great. We've we've listened to the song, and uh, I just I don't know where to begin. In some ways, but I I want to note that I absolutely love the meter changes that you do, where it's this you know that first two those first two sections you start with the intro and it's and it's in three and it's very like swaying waltz and um then when you jump into the verse or just before you jump into the verse uh i guess if you want to call it a verse um it smells like summer is over you're you're in four and it's and it's just this very direct um drum beats and guitar work and i think it's interesting and this is something that i i feel goes uh across the withershins i'm sorry well yeah across withershins work is this um the background music will be doing have a certain sense of urgency but your singing will have a very slow and deliberate like delivery that um in this in these two sections of it smells like summer is over and then the street lights shine like fireflies a flight you're you're taking the time with the words and you're emoting and um i i I don't know i i enjoy that so much and it has such to me i have a certain emotional response to that because it's just like everything that's going on with life where you've got so much you know time is constantly passing but um the deliberate the deliberateness of trying to just get the words out that you need to get out before um before the time is over um let's see thank you i'm really excited that you noticed that um that makes me feel about how I could never quite decide if I wanted to have like a shoegaze dream pop band or like an indie rock uh, emo punk band. And so to have, you know, some, some reverb on the vocals and to have the... Uh, one thing I just picked up over the years was, oh, these folks are really, their delivery, uh, just how they're singing is what makes it kind of dreamy. So the guitars can get away with being a little chunky yeah. if these if these phrases are drawn out. And I kind of, probably from listening to Sigaros and Mogwai, just mm. this notion of... Well, I'm saying words, yes, but really I'm just playing guitar lines with my voice. Hmm. Like, if I were doing lead lines for what that melody is for Smells Like Summer, I'd probably have an overdrive or a fuzz on, and it would be sustained like that. Hmm. And so I think I imagined those those tones as being instrumental, even though it was, in fact, me singing. Inter- okay, yeah. And when you say cigarros, I totally think of this um, melodic line of of drawn-out reverby kind of... I, Except I mean, Jonesy can actually sing. Oh, you can you can totally I, sing. I got I the have, job done, but it you know I don't think anybody ever. It was fine. I don't I don't think anybody was like 
yeah that cat can sing like they they really i think it was the emoting was important to me but also i knew that that was what i had i had the ability to perform in that way to write things that meant something to me and to emote them uh, and i i guess i felt that made up for my shortcomings uh, with terms of pitch control and uh, you know it like Aaron Stromberg, my bandmate in Evil uh-huh. Tense, Aaron could talk about a refrigerator not working, and it would be the most beautiful thing. <laughs> and you could give Aaron the worst clunky lyrical cadence, like uh-huh. the syllables would be inappropriate. And Aaron is such a good singer, he could make that work. I was very meticulous on how I wrote my syllables. Like, I like the balance of the directness of, the autumn is falling in, because yeah. it gives it that rhythm and it allows there to be some urgency while the rest of the time i'm taking my time uh i think proper singers i always consider myself a vocalist i think real singers can do beautiful work with almost whatever they're given and that wasn't my talent so i tried to make up for it in any other way that i was able to all right well i guess i was gonna say agree to disagree but no um i your phrasing is your phrasing. I mean, that's what makes it... I mean, it, it is what makes it... Makes you a vocalist in the manner that you are a vocalist, if that makes sense. It's... No, probably not. That's okay. I think it's interesting in that in that second verse. I Is, is there is a choice of, of how... Um, you would like me to refer to these sections or oh i don't know i okay. consider it three different songs i consider it a sort of suite i think ah. um I, I forget what i call at one point i had maybe a name for them like the second section was phantom limbs the third section was stardust or summer stars uh-huh. um the first part I, I don't know what i called called it maybe I, yeah i consider the middle section to be whenever everything clears up and there's that part we talked about whenever uh, the other guitars sort of fade away and it just goes to my part. Yeah. And then it builds and then we float below. That's the beginning of the second part. And this, the third part is, yeah, so I don't know. You can refer to it however you want. It's a mess of a song, but we somehow... Oh. Our goal was to write, to put it all together in a way that each part flowed into the next without being unnecessarily jarring. It could jar if it did a good thing, but for somebody to finish that track and to look down and not quite believe that nine minutes had passed uh, so call the parts however you want i'm not sure that yeah. we, ever, we ever had good names for them ourselves okay because uh, i was i was curious about the choice of the role uh the, the i was curious about the part where it says the road rolls over the bones of my kin um Wow, yeah, I I almost tripped over those words. Little alliteration there, and do you, if you don't mind me saying that, the kin always hits me as a very Kentucky thing to say. I don't know if that was something that you intended or or had. Um, yes. Oh, okay. It was intentional. Because to me, uh, knowing somewhat that you grew up in Kentucky and. I know that each each of us struggles with our own sense of where do we come from and where where are we going and where do we fit within where we came from and to me that that road rolls over the bones of my kin. Um, a road is somewhere that you 
that you go to get away. It's a place that you go um, to travel from or to, or are you returning? Are you leaving? Um, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I would like to kind of hear what you may have meant by using that phrase. I think I tried to transmit that I was using Ken on purpose as a Kentuckian because I didn't say the road rolls over my bones the bones of my kin I said Ken <laughs> I threw a little bit of that in there uh-huh. it's almost making fun of myself and putting on a character because I'm not totally that person I've I haven't had a Kentuckian accent since I was a teenager probably because of the sheer amount of television and movies I took in and my desire to not have that accent even while I was still there but the line i'll say this i've been looking forward to this podcast and i knew i was doing the podcast but i forgot that i had specifically mentioned fireflies as the song we were going to talk about i independently of my own volition not having remembered this put on fireflies in my car the other night i i don't really do this often just put on my old tunes or whatever But I did it because I knew that I was leaving this place, and that line is a reference to a very specific spot in Champaign-Urbana. Oh. That line is a reference to the cemetery that runs east to west along Kirby Avenue. And the, the, the road that I would drive on, probably around the time I moved here, 2006 or so, I moved here in 2005, and by 2006 I was... Uh, delivering sandwiches and ice cream and pizza and cookies or whatever. And I have no kin buried here, not in that cemetery, not in Illinois uh, that I know of, but it was just, I think I thought it was just strange that there was just these college kids playing tennis across the street from these dead bodies. And I was driving and it was, I was so close to these gravestones and thinking about my dead grandfather and how I had picked up smoking cigarettes and he died of, you know, lung cancer and all, just all of these things together. And, uh, the streetlights shine like fireflies is just because the, the, yeah. the lamp, the, the, the lighting along Kirby is at least on both sides, but it's kind of a boulevard. So there might even be a middle section, but they're just marching in 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 such order and i was probably speeding uh delivering these pizzas um so just this regimented beautiful artificial thing happening as i was uh speeding through the night it was just a whole lot of i mean evil tense used the phrase john iceberg likes the phrase nighttime driving music and we were a chill nighttime driving music but for me i think withershins largely was this instant nostalgia but excited and frantic and a little anxious and a little sad and a little angry intense kind of nighttime driving music it was more the windows down you're smoking a cigarette and you're rushing to get the cookies to the place so you can get the tip (laughs) I, that that makes sense with the what the hell happened to them where you're reflecting on you know th- as you said like the the dead bodies that are just in the middle of all this other activity and the and them kind of a was disregard the them no? was both these people like what happened to them to that led them to their demise like mm-hmm. what was their life like and also the them is the bones like what 
what happened to the what's what like literally physically what happened to them did they decompose just like everybody else or was it something i don't know was there something holy and spiritual that happened where their their spirit left their body and their bones are abandoned i don't know it was just ah probably very um inebriated kind of brainstorm i had about like what ifs and thinking about my own mortality and putting off think properly thinking about my own mortality i was only you know 19 22 something like that oh yeah that's about that that time Mm -hmm. um well and after you do that 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 definitely is where you end that first section Mm -hmm. and then you join up and you it changes back into the three and then we float below the amber glow of phantom limbs akimbo in the acts of ever <laughs> after riven um i didn't need to say all that but i was just being clear about which uh section i'm talking about <laughs> um th- this it, it it now that you've said that you're not pasting together but you're putting together in a very good way uh, these three sections that, I mean, it's very, you're definitely telling a story in almost the sense of like a play rather than, you know, you're, you're doing these three acts. And um, I just find it interesting that there's phrases like we float below and then the phantom limbs akimbo, all of these kind of like posturing and um, movement and you're still keeping that deliberate, well-thought-out phrase. But at the same time, is there, you're, the drums going on during this time are very... Frantic isn't the right word, but very insistent, I would say. <laughs> there's, and, there's energy yeah, being built and, up. And this is also where it seems like you... Where you've gone from introspection into um what's what's the opposite of outrospection i don't know i love making up words but you end that that part with but i hear you wallowing and um it's like you've you've reflected upon your own mortality and now you're kind of reaching out and thinking of those around you maybe i'm that's just one of the things of that is kind of spoke to me when I was listening to this again. That was really exciting for me to hear you talk about that. I don't know if you've gotten that yet on this podcast, but I have no idea what that section means. I don't know what the hell those lyrics mean. I did a thing with Withershins for the first two records where a large part of me listened to my intuition of what the vowel shapes should be. And I found the nearest words that I could construct into rhymes and then backformed something like a narrative or a meaning or something like that. So I don't mm. exactly know. I know that I was seeing somebody at the time who used the phrase wallowing and I wanted mm. to shout them out in the song. Uh, no one speaks cause no one listens was an important line to me. Uh, that one's probably the biggest line. I mean, there, there are like three hooks in the song. It's uh, yeah. what the hell happened to them? No one speaks because no one listens. And let's take this town and shout it out or drown it out. Drown it. Yeah. Huh. So interesting. Um, well, it it's done really well. And 
do you even do you even have a little iambic pentameter there i i mean back in the day i did write some plays whenever i was in college for the first time and i did study shakespeare around that time at the u of i uh no i wasn't a shakespeare major anyway i took one course there with my english literature degree it might have been accidental i don't think i would have on purpose set that structured for me but uh Hmm. the rhythm may have come naturally to me based on what the guitar part was asking for right well this is where you're stepping into that the amber glow of phantom limbs akimbo in the acts of ever after ribbon but but it ends with that couplet yeah together huh well i do want to say that 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 section right there even if you don't necessarily know what you meant that is like the most um chew worthy i mean like it it fills your mouth like (laughs) i mean it you you, yeah to to say those words and um i know i've spoken them because i wanted to make sure i said them right but i even was tripping up over them because they've they've got i don't know they've got a even a bounce to them that you know that i i just find really interesting we float below the amber glow of phantom limbs akimbo in the acts of ever after riven there you go (laughs) i don't think i've ever done that before but it worked and then i guess you you get to something that the next part where it's the clutch regret like a letter unsent um i i can resonate with that (laughs) very much so and um I do want to say that the music it, it the music turns and to me sounds more hopeful. I don't know if it's just um which is it, which again is that that contrast of of like things being said versus what's actually coming through um musically. Um I don't think it speeds up but it feels it feels more bouncy and and that might have just been articulation and playing and and moving transitioning to what the the third section but it's just um the ticking pounds ears with weight they cannot take just i don't know i um the third section was a song called stardust that i wrote in 2004 so it was written before I moved to Champaign-Urbana. It was written before I met any of the members. It was lying around, and I think I had wanted to use it at some point, and it seemed like it was in the same key. I was well, just going to say, is it? All of, our, all of our stuff was in the key of D and F, just about. Oh. Just about all of it. Uh, or, or I guess C. I would, use, I would uh, hang around the F chord when I was in standard, but that doesn't mean it was in F. It was often in C. Because huh. um, I wasn't a big fan of the D minor chord at the time. Um, so it probably I kind was of hate C. That, I hate that. Well, D minor chord on a shape. standard tuned guitar is very, very folky. It's hard uh-huh. to get away from the folk. Yeah. I, by the time we got to Mount Fuji in blue, I found a phrasing for D that I was somewhat happy with, but it was still mostly a um, power chord. So it, it wasn't really expressive too much um, in terms of the minor. But uh, hmm. anyways, it, it, was, it was probably hopeful. I was getting my ass kicked existentially for like 
the first time without a net at college part one so mm. i was on my own i didn't have my friend group i didn't have my family close by and i was also you know finding out about sex drugs rock and roll uh, in very quick uh succession and i think i wanted things to be okay and, and i wasn't trying to say that things were terrible but i knew i was feeling something and it, and it hurt and i was trying to process a lot of those mm. things uh, i'm not actually thinking about what the words of those songs are i'm just uh, that song uh, that section i'm just thinking about my life back then um clutch regret like a letter unsent uh, the taking pounds is the weight they cannot take um Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, at that point in my life, I was in a long distance relationship. So some of that stuff is alluding to those sorts of things. And I did mm-hmm. write a lot of letters back then, actual letters. It wasn't really a metaphor. Uh, well, I mean, it was huh. a simile. I do use the word like. Uh, but it, I, I, whenever I listened to this song leading up to this podcast and I, I heard Clutch Regret like a letter on sin. I was like, oh, that's interesting that my regrets at that point in my life were just simply things that I hadn't done. Uh, <laughs> How luxurious. <laughs> I only regretted that, those undone oh. things as opposed to I had yet to do all these things I would thoroughly regret later. Wow. And that that does seem where you like pivot. You use that mm. part to like pivot where you're going back to the the third se- where you're not going back to, but you're going to the third section, which even though you say that this is a song that you had the the third section is a song you had written a while back, um, you're still referring to what seems like the first section where you're talking about the summer and autumn mm-hmm. and. Hmm. I do think it's funny as uh, as I'm talking, you know, the things that I had actually maybe interpreted, but but hearing more of the story as it as it goes along, I'm like, well, wait, maybe no, I don't know, I don't know. New shit so, has come to light. But yeah, it's like in some ways, I I want to say, you know, don't doubt yourself. It doesn't mean that your interpretation was wrong in the first place. It just means that now you have more information, but. It's interesting that you were saying that in that that clutch regret, you were in a long distance relationship, and then this third section, it does sound like you're. Um, I know that this is probably not what you meant, but the the hand in hand line is is kind of that. I know I've I've been in a long distance relationship, and it was like sometimes, um, you would look forward to even the most mediocre or simplest of contact so like hand in hand um and i didn't know at this point if this was you know the transition of summer ending and very interestingly enough that we're approaching the uh, autumnal equinox Mm -hmm. you know um the summer stars fall in the autumn sky cut through the night hand in hand seems like there's a joining but also like a separation or maybe this interpretation of that connection or relationship is changing or you're fooling yourself or or are you actually building a certain certain sense of hope at that point or you're holding on to whatever you can 
I can phrase that into a it's, question, it's, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of denial. It's 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 hyper romanticism, hand in hand, run to the setting sun, uh, catch each one or outshine the dawn. It's just heavy schmaltz. Mm. This is this this love is powerful. This love is real. If I speak it, if I if I treat it with absolute romance, this love will survive because I can protect it with all of these roses. And hmm. the pop science metaphor of summer stars fall in the autumn sky was just this reference to the light of that we see of stars. That star could actually be dead now because right. it takes the time lapse to reach us so it's about memory and uh, us you know how things change hmm. and our futures are unknown you, that totally made me think of bright eyes and i know i don't know if you care for bright eyes but um where he says the stars that that clear have been dead for years and yeah. i never knew that line but that's a better line for the same idea well, it's you know it's a different line mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I also find it interesting that that section that we just talked about, the summer stars, mm-hmm. um, that is the only part that you repeat and sing That is later. the Withershins ethos. A chorus was anything that oh. happened twice, and it usually only happened twice. It was oh. very rare there was a chorus that happened three times, and usually... There was something happening in the arrangement that made it different each time. I was very opposed to choruses because I wasn't strong enough to write a really good one that was worth repeating exactly. Oh. Yeah. Very, very few straight-up choruses. Usually, Withershins employed what we called a short chorus, uh-huh. which would be like two measures, and then the next time it happened, it would be four. And then if it happened a third time, it would be some sort of different arrangement or dynamic approach of four uh, that made it... Um, more intense or maybe a minor uh, relative or something yeah i mean it it, the words are are repeated but you certainly do do change it but the section in between those two repeats uh, if i I hope you don't mind that i'm saying repeats but um, because it doesn't it's the words that repeat not necessarily like exactly the phrasing or the the chords behind it the aftermath aft collapse i was big into boat metaphors back in 2004 that's a real thing huh so wait the the big into boats was a real thing or like just the aft collapse boat metaphors in around 2004 i had a song called dusk runner about like my car being a pirate ship it was an actual (laughs) thing that i was into those metaphors is that still around i i'm not sure i familiar it's a glint song oh oh okay okay Mm -hmm. gotcha yeah i see Oh, okay. Well, never mind. The the she's going down. That's you the know, ship. The she of she's the going ship. down. Yeah. Ben and ship. Yeah, but <laughs> but then you need an escape. Let's take this town and drown it out again. Drown. I see. Mm-hmm. Boat. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but um, I guess it, that that's the only one that. It's just like these very short phrases in there. You're just aftermath, aft collapse. She's going down after, you know, aftertaste. And then, and then you just, uh, if, if there's like that, that 
um, if this would be sheet music, it would be like, and it would be broadening would be what they would say. And like, let's take this town and drown it out where it's just like, it kind of sums it back up. I may or may not have inserted, uh, let's take this town and drown it out during the Withershins process of writing this. I can't remember if that was in the original lyrics as part of the song Stardust. I'm not sure. It might have been something even cheesier and stuck in the romantic thing as opposed to bringing it outward and sense of community. I think I was very invested with Withershins being my first rock band properly. Like I was in a couple of bands, but it were more folky and more acoustic and you know, a little less uh, playing. I had never really played bars too much. So Mm. I became invested in this notion of like, what can I say? What can the language be? What can the message be? What can the timbre be? If I'm yelling or screaming, what can I say that will get through and actually shake people and get them to listen? Like literally on the album Mm. before, we have a song called Ariel in which I take time in two verses to sing the word listen. Mm. And, uh, so let's take this town and drown it out. We're just some things I wanted to encourage and invite the audience to participate and to listen and to engage in the music because we were not just there to be the soundtrack to their drinking night. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm thinking of this in the recording sense, but certainly I could. Yeah. Especially if they're just sitting there and, um, you know, they've been kind of. Not lulled. I would never say anyone gets lulled with with Withershins, but um, I could totally see that people would be just back to their conversations, and then that would snap them, definitely snap them out of like why is why is his voice you know gotten loud all of a sudden? My goodness, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you mentioned Ariel, and mm-hmm. um, the one song, and and maybe it's just because it works well with with. Um, with running is uh i use i have prologue and i have not gotten that out of my um out of my what i want to say the last uh, i think back since since the time that i started listening to music while i was running i think i've always had prologue in in that one just mainly mainly uh, i mean it's it's great and it moves and the the some of the the snare drum work in there is mm. just like oh my god but anyway <laughs> yeah Colin um, Colin Larson but it yeah it it does a few of the like oh gosh I'm gonna say this wrong not the perdiddles per- paradiddles <laughs> paradiddles thank you yeah. yeah some of the paradiddles that he's doing just on yeah where it's just like it it I always I have a like unspoken. Well, now it's spoken. Contract with myself that whenever that song comes in, I have to pick up the pace a oh, little bit. Oh, Colin so it's would like, be thrilled. Yeah. Neil, Neil so. would be too. Neil always liked that song. Um, I think a lot of Withershin stuff that was higher tempo, I was really interested in them having a vibe of being in a car and you know fa- the fast uh, motion of things going by in your window or what it looked like like in the uh, my hero video whenever it was just first person following somebody running around corners yeah. running around street corners and like the urgency of that and the motion of it i was very very into that and trying to achieve these uh vibes i guess um I think I had music videos for all of our songs in my head and prologue mm. is is 
the first section of Fireflies in Prologue share the same chord phrasings. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe. Dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org. Why don't we just real quick? Let me just let me just ask since you're since you're taking off. Um, I just wanted to like ask what's what's your favorite thing about Champaign Urbana, the music scene. I mean. Hmm. What's or is that too? I I, yeah. It's a great question. My favorite thing about the music scene is, by and large, everybody is very interested in making the best music that they can make on almost every level. That was very inspirational to me. And I don't think that has changed. A lot of things have changed within the past five years and then even in the last year. But the thing that has stayed the same, I think, is folks trying to... There's so many different ways to make good music and what that means, good music. But I've seen people focus on technical aspects, focus on gear focus on really prioritizing a quality studio experience folks really excelling at promotion just from all angles people are really putting in effort because they care about what they do and how they do it and you know i think what i don't go out as much i had to i had to stop going out a while ago like i was anyway And so I can't speak to it anymore, but I feel like by and large, I was talking to uh, to somebody about the David Byrne book, How Music Works. He talks about a a short list of things required to make a music scene, a healthy, successful music scene. And one of them is uh, musicians get in for free. Um, there, There needs, he talks about a venue that is not prohibitively expensive to put on huh. shows, which was Mike and Molly's right. for us and that musicians get in for free, which I don't think has ever really been totally true. And while we were talking about that book, I was like, if that were true in Champaign-Urbana, no shows would ever make money because right. 
you know, 70% of any rock show crowd is other rock musicians. And so to have that support and interest has always been really inspirational to me. Gosh, I want to pick your brain all about Airship Records and how okay. that began. Um, can, I, can I first ask, where did the name come from? Well, uh, the Final Fantasy game series has always been one of my favorites. And so I think... I don't know which part of it came first. It's a pun. The logo is uh, like an 8-bit video game airship. Um, I don't know which part came first. I don't know when or how it occurred to me, but I always associate the name with Andrew Kling. I remember coming down from a show at the Velvet Elvis in 2011, and we were walking across whatever that short strip of a street is. It's like Park Street or Mm -hmm. something, um, like where the city building is. I think I want to call it Park Street because I would always park there. (laughs) But uh, I remember he was, we were talking about just this, this idea. And uh, I remember he like turned around and was doing that thing where you kind of have a, a skip to your gate and he was walking backwards and he was smiling. He was like, airship records, airship records, you know, kind of squinting his eyes and smiling mm. and saying like, I like, I like that. Um, but it was just this notion of my generation of rock musicians had inherited a very robust infrastructure for local music. There were venues, there were promoters, there were, I mean, even before Facebook, there was just a a lot of different ways to get the word out and to be supported and to experiment and to establish. And it was this, I just had this feeling of, well, it's our turn to take care of it. What are we going to cultivate and pass on? Hmm. That was, so we inherited this music scene. How are we going to uh, improve it for the next generation? Wow. My goodness. Yeah. So, and then what, what inspired you? Was it beyond just what, what made you have the desire to have a record label and, and, I mean, maybe that will reiterate, you'll reiterate some of the things that you just said, but, um, cause certainly being able to cultivate, uh, the next generation of, of local musicians, certainly, but this is making me a little sad. I, I could just not say this, but I'm thinking about it. And I may as well, my plan had been to pass off the label for it to uh-huh. continue but I never really met I never really met the person who was who reminded me of a younger me doing that sort of thing and that's okay there are people who have moved us along and are doing things better like I'm glad that I'm no longer a centerpiece there are people doing great things but none of them communicated to me that they had the interest <laughs> like it what I was doing wasn't really working so it wouldn't even make sense to pass on to somebody else they would absolutely like the new thing would be figure out something absolutely new um, but why would I start a label what made me want to if that's the original question I would say firstly it's important to know that this is my second record label 
Okay. I ran a label called Pop Monster Records out of my various attic apartments from about 2006 to 2007, roughly. Had a lot of releases in that short amount of time. This was when MySpace was absolutely... Yeah. What, what's the word? Fertile. Right. It was... This, this seems so simple, but you could search for music by location by genre that's that it was a utterly robust network of connecting musicians and scenes and stuff so and also i was big into diy punk stuff before people were really having these conversations about diy like they are now um i mean i've largely held that ethos but also i don't own a record press right so i don't do everything myself and i do send off i have oh i don't do it anymore i have sent off i did send off you know files to be burned to cds by another company to make pop monster was a hands-on project i burned cdrs all night stayed up with my own you know computer and handmade packaging and limited edition everything and uh Mm. it was small but lovely and we actually i folded for at least two reasons but one of them being i started attracting artists that i felt i couldn't support because they were too good they deserved better and i just Mm. didn't have the capacity to to do the quality or quantity that they deserved in my opinion so airship started because i have an interest in an ability to uh do all these things like promotion graphic design copywriting Mm -hmm. um you know uh a lot of it was the design work that i've done I mean, for any Airship Records artist, I have variously been their uh, manager, booker, you know, agent sort of person, their uh, designer, their, I've, I've made merch, I've designed mm-hmm. album sleeves, I've, uh, you know, done PR, I've done, I've played in the band. Not right. only like, of course, I released Evil Tents and Wither Shins, and I, those were my bands. No, I mean like, you know, Terminus Victor had me on stage. Total Asshole had me on stage. Uh, whenever some of these performers needed some support, like I was on, I produced uh, the Motes record. I was in the studio producing the Uriah record. I played a guitar mm-hmm. part on on that. I played some piano on Motes. Um, I just wanted to be involved. The point was. I saw all this amazing local music, and one of my biggest inspirations was Parasol. Mm, yeah. Like, I I love that Polyvinyl is here. Polyvinyl is not a local record label. They're a locally based record label. Parasol was putting out New Ruins, Common Loon, You and Yorn. There was so much going on with Parasol just absolutely floored me, and I bought pretty much everything they had put out. Uh, Tractor Kings, there's so much good stuff going on, and they were my ideal and uh, i was lucky enough to intern with them in 2011 and uh, that's whenever i started airship so there's no coincidence there but um i what i saw was 
I didn't think anybody needed me. Huh. I thought it could be an advantage if somebody would handle... I noticed that in 20, 2008, 2009, whenever Witherstones was starting up, you had to be a web designer, a graphic designer, a, you know, social media. You know, you had to do all these things. And a couple of bands, and, you know, one of the proudest relationships I developed was with The Chemicals. I'm glad that Parasol put out the Our Landmark record because Parasol, I think, is a real record label. Airship Records was a goofy name for this Isaac Arms kid who was running around trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, for those listening, Our Landmark, find them on Bandcamp. They are comprised of most of the final members of The Chemicals, as it were. The Chemicals were a band for 10 or so years uh, in Champagne Urbana, absolute stalwarts. And it was a crowning achievement of Airship Records to put out two Chemicals records and reissue their first record um, to just get it online so more people could hear it, hopefully. Uh, my my impetus, the, the, the hope for me was some of these people are musicians and that's what they're good at. That's what they mm. should do. So my hope was that I could help facilitate a whole lot so that these people could show up and make music. Right. And that was their concern and that was where they put their efforts. I was I thought maybe this music could be better if they were able to fill their heads with the music. If their mm. hands were in the guitars and their minds were on the you know the lyrics or whatever and their the song was in their hearts and that's what they were doing and everything else I would try to help take care of for them so that they could be this band with these songs making these albums as opposed to yes go go out and mingle and be social and whatnot but like all of this tedium and chores like if i'm doing it for one band you know there's a i i I have a system i have not well it wasn't systematic per se but i'm there are greased channels here and i've done it here and i know how to i know how to customize it for your brand and your style and your voice i mean you know Terminus Victor never had a Facebook page. Chemicals never had a Facebook page. And I right. I was friends with all these people, so I knew who they were and how they interacted. I knew how to post for them so that it felt right. like true to the ideal of what was going on. But it was still like people weren't going, what the heck? I didn't know TVIC was playing. I was trying, trying to right. functionally get it out there so that this band that is almost too good for us doesn't have nobody showing up because they just don't know. Which is not, not to blame Terminus Victor, but honestly, they should be busy being Terminus Victor. Right. And everybody should do, you know, it's not to say none of these bands could have done, they could do whatever they want. These are very smart, capable, talented people. It's just this notion of, uh, why don't you do your good work and let me... You know, hmm. let me let me do the heavy lifting on the things that are seem not terribly musical. And I love doing design work. I love it. Um, it was a great joy to be a part of that to help uh, bring those visions to, to reality. So did you have a favorite 
poster that you did? No, oh, God. Nope. Loaded question or? <laughs> no, not not a loaded question. No, well, just just so many. There's so so many. I mean, I most of them are Withershins posters because I did almost uh. every single Withershins poster. But I did make plenty for other bands. I I kind of liked. A, I made a Uriah poster um, kind of by hand a couple years ago that I really liked. Um, I think I, I hope I saved the original. I made it with. Uh, like t-shirt iron-on felt letters and uh, a cutting of um the uh legend of zelda link to the past manga that was included in the nintendo powers in the 90s um and some uh, label like red maroon label maker tape uh-huh. for the text like wow. you know I, I was very into collage and um scanning stuff in and adding anything digital later if necessary that was yeah i i'm kind of picturing that remember to some extent um and it probably would be somewhere along in their history wouldn't it on facebook maybe yeah yeah i I think my favorite part of that poster was uh i may or may not have included some uh like a brown grocery bag a paper grocery bag and somewhere in that design I had it on the scanner, and I just put a penny in there. Somewhere <laughs> in that poster, there's just a, <laughs> a penny in nice. the scanner. No, oh. re- no reason. It was just probably around. I was closing the scanner hood, and I saw a penny. I said, no, you come here, little buddy. Huh. Just stuck it in there. In your mind, Airship Records is completely linked with the Champaign-Urbana music scene, and as such, you can't take it with you, or... Is For those listening at home that didn't know anything about my label before, uh, Champaign-Urbana music inspired and filled the available slots of the label. Um, that was an awkward way to say that. I will say, for those of you listening at home who didn't already know, uh, Airship Records is exclusively a Champaign-Urbana record label. The point of it was to document these years of the music scene to give a snapshot of what was happening and jeff Merritt of parasol said that to me the other day he said yeah it was a pretty good cross-section of what that decade was like and hmm. that was the nicest thing i could have ever heard the right thing said from the right person to make me feel like i didn't just waste all my time and money and effort it's an eclectic mix of everything that's gone on in the Champagne or Banner music scene. Even I think back on, you know, some of the record store day crashing the airship record or uh, releases that you did. Uh, those, I'm, I mean, you could, you would start at one end of the, if you <laughs> listen to it all the way through, you would start at one end of, of the spectrum, go 20 miles out turn around and come back and it would be you, you know you you'd end up in the same place to a certain extent but you would definitely have a different vibe and um that those were some of my some of my favorite releases that uh airship did and and if if i remember correctly it was if if you weren't giving those away you those were those were pretty cheap if i remember correctly and and i feel like that when you say it as as kind of a as an archive or i forgot the term you just used <laughs> but it, you you kept something you created something 
you materialized, you amalgamated something that, or what, I don't know if that's the right word, please forgive me, but you, you solidified something that would normally have just been a bunch of free radicals in a certain way. You know, I mean, you would have had these, these elements of these different facets of Champaign-Urbana and, uh, you know, to see some of these collections, um, you, you brought together this little ball of fun, you know, that has all these different parts, these, uh, um, all the, all the colors of the sprinkles. <laughs> so I, 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 I want to personally thank you for like, in just being able to enjoy, um, to, to an ex certain extent, um, uh, the fruits of, um, your labor and you know it was a labor of love and i i don't think anybody could ever dispute that and i really hope that um as you travel to a new area that you find and can be the can be the zookeeper so to speak of 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 the things out in in madison and and those those magical uh, things that happen out in Madison in their music scene i know they have they have a different they have a different music scene but I feel like if anyone is is a good person to send out there to uh, to find what's what are the gems to put on the crown, you know, I think I think you're. Anyway, I'm very excited for for your new adventures and and things that you're going to be able to see. Um, and Thank you, we will certainly miss you greatly. Thank you very much. But we know you're going to come back and visit. It's so. only four hours. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What's your favorite non-musical thing in the world? The the thing that that fills your soul that's not not musical, but is is just a joy to you. Um, the my the the greatest thing in my life that is not music is this belief for me that. I can live a different life that I used to in a better way. And every day is an opportunity to think about and care for others and to figure that out and to forgive myself as I go along so that I'm not stuck in my self and to see the best in others and try to bring out the best in others because that's the way to find the best in me. Wow. Uh, it's, it's hard to end uh, such a great conversation, and 
I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing you talk about your music, the Champaign-Urbana music scene, Airship Records, and um, what that means to you and, and what it's meant to us in some ways to be able to let you hear at least from from a fan should i say and also hopefully i would say a friend i'm really glad to have you in my life and as you say that you want to better yourself by being helpful and being in people's lives and and sharing who you are it, it's been amazing to be the recipient of your kindness and uh i uh you know can't wait to see you again so have safe journey and you know find all the great talent and and share that you know with the rest of the world and let it expand so isaac thank you for being on the show and uh chatting with me thanks for having me sven Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Isaac Arms reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. first notes of Withershins you ever hear, the beginning of the first track of our first album is Neil. It's just bass. Yeah. It's a part that I wrote that goes... Like that. So it's key of A, but... This F-sharp minor 7 chord that I figured out, because the open A is the minor third of it. So Fireflies oh. is... the D to the A and then prologue is a A and then have the F sharp to the D. You almost have an NPR voice it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>